Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener on our private feed where you'll have ad-free episodes and join us in Zoom meetups to meet other listeners of our podcast community. Go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes. Austin has really been home to me for the last 11 years because I unpacked a lot of the bags I didn't need. And once I was in tech, realized that you're the one who limits yourself. I'm untethered from the bags I used to carry. My name is Esprit Devora, host of The Women in Tech Show. The show means a lot to me. The reason why I wanted to create The Women in Tech Show is I wanted to create a positive piece of content, something where people can listen and say, if she can do it, so can I. I call it actionable empowerment. Every single episode, you'll hear the story of a fantastic woman in tech, from engineers to founders to investors to journalists to designers, all sorts of different females in tech who have thrived. I want to share their stories with you so that you can can know what resources, mentors, and life situations they accessed in order to get to where they are today. Enjoy. Welcome back to the Women in Tech podcast, celebrating women in tech around the world. And right now we are in Austin, Texas at an incredible co-working space called Impact Hub. Impact Hub, thank you so much for helping us celebrate the amazing women in tech here in Austin. And next up, I have Christine. Hello. Hello. So go ahead, introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. My name is Christine McCary. I am the founder of a company in Austin called Impact DEI. And what we do is help organizations at whatever stage of development they are implement genuinely, and that's an important word, diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives. And when did your love of technology begin? I would say I was a late bloomer because I didn't join tech until about seven years ago, and I'm 54, so... Really, it's odd, but as a baby boomer, it wasn't until I was living with a predominantly millennial population right. that I realized I'd found my tribe. <laughs> Tell me more. I think there's a tendency when you're in my time to get complacent and forget that it's important that we create the space that we want to leave to future generations and learn from them at the same time. And I think when you're in a tech environment, it's so dynamic and so collaborative and so exciting to see the enthusiasm and genuine interest in social issues Yeah, that, for me, it was much better than attending law school. I'm a recovering lawyer. And where are you today and what excites you most about where you want to go from here? Uh, where I am today is navigating a fairly difficult space in uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion, even in healthy tech communities. Yeah. And what I'm excited about is that I have connected with other men and women in town who are doing some amazing work. I'd like to see us become more collective in our um, approach, and we're working on that. And I'm excited to see the future where I don't see program. I see not having the need for programs to be success yeah. and having social issues, social purpose and economic purpose the nexus of that being where everyone is focused. And I think we're moving in that direction. Certainly millennials and post-millennials are already there. What's an obstacle that you've successfully overcome? How did you overcome it and what did you learn from it? I think when a brand is 
tied to the old model, which is primarily price and quality. And first one that comes to mind yeah. is Amazon. And you are living, you're a systemic thinker living in the Patagonia model in your yeah. mind where it started right out of the gate uh, with a purpose-driven mission. Moving organizations from point A to point B yeah. is a challenge. I think the fact that I was able to, with the support of my colleagues, implement the largest, I believe, and certainly funded and organized and community impact-oriented program in town was a success. But it was the hardest work I've ever done. No joke. <laughs> what did what did you learn? Like how would, when you do it again, how would you do it differently? I don't think anyone who's done that from the ground up, plus done another full time role at the same time, ever does that twice. Yeah, I think wh- what you end up wanting to do, which is where I am now, is creating impact at scale and helping organizations move the needle faster and work coll- working collaboratively with other people I admire. Who, if someone's better at something than I do, I, I I send potential clients to them because it's important that we move as quickly as possible and as efficiently as possible. Walk me through your journey in technology and like uh, like when was that first moment that you're like this is this is cool were you a little girl Well when I was a little girl I just presented on something around this last week I was given a game since I was born in 64 I was given a game in 66 called What Shall I Be the the game for career girls and it was a board game where all of the options were six skinny white women and you could be an airline hostess or you could be a teacher uh, you could be a model or actress, a couple other things along that line. And the only one where you could go to college was a teacher. So I came from a very limited perspective. Wow. And I lived in Washington, D.C. for 29 years. Um, and I was educated in Virginia. It was when I moved down here that, honestly, uh, as much as I love where I came from, Austin has really been home to me for the last 11 years because I unpacked a lot of the bags I didn't need. Um, and once I was in tech realize that you only you're the one who limits yourself it was a delimiting experience i'm untethered from the bags i used to carry i love that i love that we only limit ourselves that's how that's why i created the podcast so people could expand their minds and believing in themselves and seeing what's possible exactly i think a lot of the times that um we as just humans just don't move forward is because we have self-limiting beliefs i agree i mean we could use the i i I'm going to say jargon, but it's not really growth mindset. Uh, evolving as a human is so important. And I do believe millennials and post-millennials do this better than Gen X and baby boomers, unfortunately. And the fact that the workforce became predominant, well, millennials are now the majority workforce, but by 2025, uh, millennials and post-millennials will be 75% of the yeah. workforce. So for me to already be working while we're in the turn on something that's this exciting with these sorts of mindsets is exhilarating. I do I do think that uh, – I think it's important to make note. The reason why sometimes I use the word humans is because I believe people make assumptions that I only care about women. And I think just guys, girls, it doesn't matter. Um, it's important for us all to feel our best self. And I think that um, no matter who's listening, we can all be inspired by these incredible women. But it just doesn't have to be just women being inspired by women. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. In fact, I started a women's group in my last role. And we recognized, and that, that work's continuing today, how important male allies are. And frankly, some of the best uh, conversations happen when men are feeling that they 
can be comfortable and safe in an environment and talk about things yeah. that they want to talk about too. Yeah. Hundred percent. And um, have you been on a podcast before? No. Ah, it's your first one. It's always it my is. favorite to hear. There's so many extraordinary women in tech, and this is their first podcast. And I find it fascinating that um, that I have the privilege of giving people platform to share their story, and that just how many people have not had that opportunity before. It's fantastic. And what I really like about what you're doing is the positioning of the message, because. We do need to leave these conversations feeling inspired. We need to be authentic, and which is an overused word as well. But we need to be genuine and say, yeah, this can be really hard. But frankly, it's the collective arms of all the women and some men around me, my male allies, who keep me going. And I, every time I get low, something good happens out of yeah. the blue. I think it's interesting how many people haven't had a chance to share their story before. And I'm like, wow, that's – it's like – it's super wild and I feel that I like a it's like a little special treat. I'm like, yay, I get to. Yeah, <laughs> I, that's pretty I love cool. it. Like I just think that um like why? It just blows my mind. It's I don't I know. Mean, why anyway. haven't these stories been told more often? Yeah. It's just this wild. is one of the reasons I love, as many people who know me know, Virginia Woolf, because she spent time along with people like Kate Mansfield and other women who wrote about the inner lives of women and we in our time have the opportunity to do something right. about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what you're doing. Yeah. What book uh, really inspires you? What, what, what has been your favorite book? Right now, nonfiction, I would say, So You Want to Talk About Race. Amazing book. Yeah? Yes. And li- I read a lot of uh, literature. <laughs> What's another one? I don't know if anyone's read uh, – oh, gosh, there's so many. Honestly, I can't even just say one. Uh, the one that's coming to mind right now – I'm really enjoying uh, the second sex right now. That's a tough. What's read, that about? Though. It's uh, one of the. It's it's a fundamental tome, really, of feminism. Um, Simone, uh, it's difficult to explain other than to say, just like when you think about racism, and racism can be defined as because you exist, I do better. Um, it's a similar thinking in that because men exist, women are second. And I don't think that's true. I think I believe in gender fluidity. I love Orlando, a room of one's own. I think it's important that you embrace all aspects of your nature. And I didn't come up in a time that celebrated anything like that. And the sooner we can acknowledge and honor what's the best and brightest of each of us, the faster we'll get more important work done, especially in a time like right now. So how has having a background as an attorney helped strengthen you and make you a more efficient entrepreneur? I think it gives you the ability to issue spot. It's you already understand the structure of entities and how they work and often the tax implications. But none of that for reasons that are self-evident <laughs> are particularly inspiring things that happen. Yeah. Um, it's also lovely to know about the law in terms of EEO. When you do this kind of work, uh, but it's definitely not how I identify myself now. I think of myself as a systemic, nonlinear thinker. I think the legal industry, all I know, is one of the least diverse and inclusive industries in the United States. And so anything I can do to help move that needle is great. Uh, but otherwise, I don't think that I operate in a lawyer-like fashion. What do you think about growing your startup here in Austin? How is the Austin tech community? 
I have found Austin to be a remarkable place on a lot of fronts. I will say that coming here from the Washington, D.C. area inside the Beltway, uh, I had some of the preconceived notions about Texas. And I think when you think of Walt Whitman and he says, do I contradict myself? Yes, I'm a multitude. Austin and Texas is a multitude. There are many different opinions, many different attitudes. But if you have the stamina and grit and sense of humor and humbleness to make something that matters, your audience and you and your tribe will find each other. I like that about Austin. I, the word tribe, I see that a lot mm-hmm. in, in Austin. Like the girls are all wearing the tribe shirts. I just I feel such a strong sense of community here in Austin mm-hmm. and collaboration way more so than I feel in Los Angeles. And I'm sorry, all of I know I'm from L.A. and I love all of you, but Austin. We're very connected. Yeah. We're very, uh, especially in the diversity to equity, inclusion, even social issue, community, charitable, we're very connected and kind to each other. And the work is hard. So that's one of the big benefits. You don't have anyone doing things to you behind your back that hurt. And if you had one ask, something that, that, you know, zillions of people listening right now can do to support you and your success, what would that ask be? I don't know if it's specific to me, but what I would say is I would like for executives to stop being afraid to have these conversations. And what I'm seeing happening too often is inside of organizations, irrespective of size and success, they are doing what I would call small changes, inclusion training, you know, some manager stuff. And they're not having the hard conversations and thinking about systemic changes. And it's okay to reach out to experienced professionals in your area or even on the national level to get this help. Because when you ask somebody just because they're passionate about this topic to become representative for these subject matter areas, which are quite complex, you're doing them a disservice, the company a disservice, and yourself a disservice. You wouldn't do that with something as perceptually important to you as your brand. And in my mind, if your brand is really moving in the direction, that it's at, then it's at the intersection of economic and social values. How can people connect with you online? I have a website called impactdei.com. I have a LinkedIn account. I'm on Twitter. Can you spell your name for everybody so they could find you on LinkedIn? Sure. Christine, C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-E, last name M-C-C-A-R-E-Y. And um, what is your favorite app or software or productivity tool? I absolutely love um, Textio. Textio? Uh, What's that? Textio is a software platform we adopted at my last company uh, that helps scrub job descriptions to make them neutral. So words that you might not realize will prevent a man or woman or a person from an underrepresented group uh, from applying actually get flagged. It's gamified so that your score increases as you adjust the job description, and it's fabulous. And another opportunity that's actually awesome homegrown is Crystal Hansen's SameWorks. She has an equity pay certification um, approach that's wonderful. There's something called uh, nextplay.ai, which is a great mentoring tool for people in the technical space, um, particularly technical women, product and eng feel isolated and aren't as served by traditional mentoring programs as they'd like to be. So I love seeing that come that kind of space, that kind of uh, product la- launching into this space. So I'm I look at a lot of software, but those are some those are some that I'm particularly interested in right now. That's awesome. And anything that we're leaving off that you wanted to share? 
I say this, you see this if you look at my social media, but I used to think that working hard um, and talent were enough as a woman, and that's not true. You have to be your own Prince Charming. You, you have to be the change you want to see. And for women who are listening and men, don't be overwhelmed when you listen to people on this podcast who are lovely and have, are doing amazing things. This is a great group of women to be part of because the smallest acts – the cumulative impact of that are significant. hundred thousand percent agree. It's like every every little bit counts. Thank you so much for hanging out with the Women in Tech podcast. If you want to connect with more extraordinary women in tech around the world, remember you can go to the Women in Tech Facebook group at womenintechvip.com. That's womenintechvip.com. Takes you straight there. Or say hello on social at Women in Tech Show on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. And you can maybe even get the sticker. I will talk to you guys. See you guys. Hear you guys in the next episode. Bye. This is Christine McCary, CEO and founder of Impact DEI. We help organizations genuinely embed diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives. We're based in Austin, Texas, and you're listening to Women in Tech. Impact Hub here in Austin, Texas has been our home. We want to give a huge thanks to making it possible for us to comfortably meet and interview several inspiring women in tech. They have the most collaborative workspace, incredible events, beautiful design, a hammock in their backyard. What? It's an incredible space. You have to check it out if you're in Austin. Thank you so much for being a part of the Women in Tech journey. Be sure to go to impacthubaustin.com to get your free day of co-working. I want to give a huge thanks to the team at SpyCloud. SpyCloud protects your employee and customer information from breaches and account takeovers. Try SpyCloud's early warning breach detection platform. SpyCloud made it possible for us to meet with several women in tech here in Austin, Texas, and I am so thankful that they have been part of the Women in Tech podcast journey. Get protected today by going to spycloud.com. That's S-P-Y-C-L-O-U-D.com. Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener, go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes.